Thank you for tuning in to the Life Church podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we hope and pray that God moves in a mighty way in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Thank you, Chris. Hey, as the ushers serve us this morning, what's up, third service? Everybody doing well this morning? Amen. And uh, hey, I need your help helping me uh, welcome uh, some special folks in the house today. Uh, we've uh, I actually say in the house, they've tuned in with us. Um, you know, during this coronavirus time, we are still choosing to have three services uh, prior, uh, pre-corona time or pre-COVID time. We, um, uh, you know, all th- three services were absolutely wonderful necessary. Uh, we were we were um, running just really really strong in attendance wise, um, and so we still have family members who are choosing to worship with us via live stream, uh, and and uh, connecting via technology. And uh, so we want them to still know that we love them, that we are excited, that they are making a choice to tune in with us. So can you third service put your hands together and welcome those who are uh, streaming with us this morning? Amen and amen. And um, I want to just remind you, all right, I do believe technology is incredible, but uh, the very nature of the body of Christ is for us to gather together and belong to one another, to love one another, uh, to connect to one another. And so uh, that's one reason we did want to have three services. Our 830 um, uh, service, we have uh, about the same amount of room that we have going on right now. Our second service, for those who's watching live stream, second service is, is full. And so we'd love for you to join us at one of our 8.30 or 11.30 service. Uh, There's plenty of room for you to social distance, to still stay safe. You're welcome to wear a mask, uh, whatever level that you want to participate in that. uh, We would love for you to join us. But we want to let you uh, know that we're we're moving forward, we're going, and we're just believing the best days of the kingdom of God are in front of us. Amen. And uh, so you guys that are in-house today, thank you for being here with us. We're going to pick up point, uh, really uh, message number four in this message series entitled Be Made Whole. And you say, Brad, what do you mean by be made whole? I uh, firmly believe with every fiber of my being that God created us to be whole in every aspect of our life. And so you are uh, spirit, soul, and body. And so every area of who you are, this flesh, uh, earth suit of humanity that I have uh, called my body, my emotions, my mind, my heart, every area of your life, God works in each one of those areas. And he desires uh, to bring us to a place of wholeness. And that's really what we've been talking about is that we can know him as our Savior and he's the forgiver of our sins, and we can be in relationship with him. And then there's this journey of the lordship of Christ inside of my life and being a New Testament disciple and a follower of his to where uh, he works on on my attitude because sometimes Brad can have a bad attitude. Come on, somebody, I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. Uh, Sometimes I can think thoughts and I can uh, struggle with renewing my mind. And so um, he's constantly at work in our life and our heart in that relationship uh, with the Holy Holy Spirit in our life is so vitally important, but what's he leading us to, Brad? He's leading us to wholeness, and I believe that with every aspect of my being, and so uh, we uh, started last week, we did the first two weeks on being made whole, talking about Luke 17 and the 10 lepers and the one who returned to him. Last week, we began um, our four words that you probably hear if you're around Life Church any length of time. You can know it's our core values. It's our, it's our missional process of how we make decisions and choices. It's believe, belong, become, and 
Y'all make me feel really good to this morning, right? Believe, belong, become, and build, right? Everybody say build, right? And so if you've been around any length of time, you've probably heard those four words. Last week we talked about believing in the importance of uh, the first and foremost, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And then from that point, as a follower, that I continue to believe him that he's good and that he's in control and that uh, he, he, he orders the steps of righteous men and righteous women and that uh, even though I don't understand at all moments in time that I can make a choice and decision to believe him, his word, his promises. And so I believe him for my salvation and I believe him uh, that he is in control and he orchestrates my life and that uh, I can trust him. Today we're going to that second part and I'm really the most passionate part about this one because um, I think this is where the enemy strategically tries to attack, all right? I believe that uh, maybe, just maybe today that, that we go, okay, hey, I'm, I'm not going to turn my back on Christ. I'm going to trust him for my salvation. Then this next emotion is, is what we're really dealing with. On, and uh, when I start to explain it, you're going to understand what I mean by this, but it's the idea of belonging, and so the title of today's message is The Battle to Belong. That the inside of every one of us in this room, I don't care who you are, I don't care the level of education that you have, I don't care how much money you have in your bank account, I don't care the color of your skin, I don't care uh, socioeconomically where you come from or your philosophy of life, every human being around this world has a level of insecurities to where we try to belong. And so that's why you might see situations where somebody puts somebody down so that they can uh, feel more important. Or we want to find our tribe. That, that, man, that's my people. That's who I hang out with. That's who I feel like I connect to. Or maybe you lay your head on your pillow at night and you don't feel like you connect to anybody. And you feel isolated and you feel alone and you don't belong to anybody. You don't feel like uh, you've connected and uh, you're searching, and so we look to try to keep up with the Joneses, and I can belong if I just have the right clothes. I can belong if I just get the new car and the new vehicles. If I live in the right neighborhood, I can belong and uh, have my family and be a part if I act the right way and I say the right words and I, and I listen to the right music and I have the right attitude. And we, we have an, uh, in, inbred inside of us a desire to belong. And so the enemy might say, today, okay, how, you're going to believe that's okay, but I'm going to fight you on ever feeling like that you fit, ever feeling like you belong, that you're a part. And so today I want you to see, and we want to expose this strategy, and then I want you to walk out of this place as clear as I can tell you with absolute handles on this message, knowing that first and foremost, you belong to him. Not an idea, not philosophy or theory, but with an absolute understanding in your heart that I'm his and he is mine. And the number two, that we belong to each other, that we are a part of the body of Christ. And the Bible says, they will, you will know that you are my disciples by how we love one another and that we are called to do life, to belong to him. And then when he said, our Father, which art in heaven, he was referring to New Testament disciples belonging to each other, that we are should be in relationship with each other. We should do life with each other. We should have a trust for each other, that the person that I should never count on stabbing me in my 
back or shoot me in my side, shoot me my brother and sister in Christ that I am called to link arms with and to watch God move in lives and hearts. Are you with me today? All right, so I want you to, to turn a person beside you, even if they're a little distance from me, and say, today we're going to talk about the battle to belong. Come on, can you encourage one another this morning? Say, we're going to talk about the battle to belong. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to read this scripture these four weeks because I believe it shows us believe, belong, become, and build. And so God said this, all right? Then God said, let us make mankind. That's that believing. Let's, let's make mankind. And so whenever he made the fish of the air, whenever he made our fish of the air, fish don't fly. We made the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Preach three times, it catches up with you, right? When he made the animals, he just spoke and said, let them be. When he made mankind, he said, let us make mankind in our own image that we were created to believe. That's what we talked about last week. And here's where we see belonging in our image with the ability to connect with our God in our image to, to belong to him, and he is ours. And, and I'm thankful that, that I've got two sons and a daughter and that, that uh, they're, they're, they were uh, birthed, and they, everybody says, hey, Cooper looks just like you. Why? Because he's in my image, that, I was, that he was created to belong. I'm his father, and he is my son. And you and I were created to belong, but there's a battle that exists. We know at creation, uh, when God told Adam and Eve uh, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge, good and evil. They did. Something happened. I want you to see this with clarity today. Genesis chapter number three, um, whenever Adam and Eve had just sinned and they had ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, here's what took place. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. This is Adam and Eve. They were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Leave that verse up there. The first place that they lost the ability to belong was to each other. They walked in insecurity. They lost vulnerability. They lost in the ability to trust. And they said, I'm, I'm naked and I'm ashamed. And they began to hide themselves from each other, who they were supposed to belong to. So the first place that we see that the enemy wants to attack is your ability to trust, to become vulnerable, to have a relationship, to actually stand before and say, I have nothing to hide in my life. Adam and Eve had their relationship with each other, just like you and I have relationships. With each other. I have the, uh, uh, there was an attack on them belonged to each other. Where's the second place that they were attacked? Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God in the walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Look at that emotion. I became fearful. I became insecure. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. So we see the simple fact that we, they hid, that I can't belong to you anymore, and so I, I've got to hide myself. I can't be in the place of your presence. I can't be vulnerable, and God, I want to hide myself. And so uh, there's three areas of our life that we uh, live our life from. Number one area of our life simply is this, it's the arena. 
put this in your notes. What's the arena, Brad? The arena is the area of your life that everybody knows and everybody sees. It's what everybody, you want everybody to see. This is our, our Instagram uh, timeline. This is those Facebook posts and those selfies when you go to the food restaurant. Nobody want to see what kind of food you're eating for lunch, but we do it anyway. All right, like, look where I'm eating and husband and wife, huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy. And, and uh, I love my wife and she's the best thing ever. And uh, we're going on vacation and we give this arena of where we live. Do we want everybody to see all the good stuff? And we put pictures of Junior hitting a home run and uh, Susie slamming the basketball. Whatever happens and takes place in our life, we want everybody to know about is the arena. We don't post any of the bad stuff. I don't want anybody to know the, the negative. I want them to see this, this timeline of my life and, and what everybody sees and what everybody knows. The second area of our life, and everybody has one here, as simple as this, we live our life from the mask. What's the mask? The mask is the things that I know is in my life, but I don't want anybody else to see. It's the fact that, yeah, maybe I bought a new car, but the truth is I'm up to debt to my eyeballs. I put pictures of celebrating my marriage and my anniversary, but the truth is we fight like cats and dogs, and we've been talking about getting a divorce. I put pictures of being happy and smiling and my life is grand, but when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I'm depressed, I'm full of anxiety and worry and fear, and I feel alone and by myself that nobody cares about me. As we wear a mask, and the truth is, every one of us in this room, including Brad Sheets standing on this stage, that there's areas in my life that I don't want anybody else to know about, but I know that they're there. And God is the only one that can look beyond the mask today and he can know what you're going through, what you're thinking. The Bible says he knows the heart or the intentions and the heart of every single man. But we live our life from this mask and we try to prevent other people seeing. And then our third area of our life is simply this, it's the blind spot. The blind spot is that area of your life that everybody else sees but you can't see. It's that kick me sign that's on your back, right? Everybody else knows it's there. Everybody else sees the bad attitude. Everybody else sees the negativity. Everybody else sees the lack of trust. Everybody else sees you walking in fear. Everybody else sees it, but you don't recognize it in yourself. But the truth is today that when we're called to belong to one another, one of the greatest friends you'll ever have in your life is a friend that will tell you that your breath stinks. Hello. A true friend will tell you you got a bat in the cave. You need to go blow your nose. Hello. A true, some of y'all don't know what that is. That's okay. Go Google it. Because we're called to cover each other's blind spots and I have to choose to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. When I am marching forward, the only place that I can see the enemy attacking me is in front of me. But God has called us to love one another, to protect one another, to, to help one another. And so when I stand shoulder to shoulder and back to back with somebody else that can help cover my blind spot, help can show me the things that I'm not seeing in my life, then I belong to each other and I trust each other. That's the level of relationship that God desires for his people to walk. Are you with me today? But innate inside of all of us is the desire to belong. I remember in sixth grade, um, uh, I wanted so badly to belong. So, you know, most sixth graders, seventh graders, you hit that awkward stage of life and, and uh, they're going through where their voice is cracking and they're trying to just decide, uh, you know, who they are and we're trying to fit in. Um, and the truth is in society, everybody always tries to fit in and, and who's wearing this kind of clothes and who's dressing like this and all the things that we try to do so we can belong. 
Well, that year, the coolest thing that was around was the new Michael Jordan tennis shoes, right? Some of y'all were around my age, you understand what that was. It was the year they put out the shoes that had the number 23 on the side of it, and everybody who was anybody had Michael Jordan tennis shoes. Well, I was getting ready to go back to school, and my, uh, I told my mom, said, hey, we're going school shopping, and I said, mom, can I get some Michael Jordan shoes? Can I get some Air Jordans? And uh, my dad was in the conversation. He said, how much are they? And they're like $115, and my dad said, son, are you outside your ever-loving, this is when I was in sixth grade, are you outside your ever-loving mind? I am not spending $115 for a pair of shoes for a sixth grader that you're going to wear. Everybody got me? All right, that's the kind of parents I grew up with, all right? Nobody else did. Y'all mom and daddy bought y'all those shoes. I went to Shoe City and had to get the Velcro shoes that left black scuff marks all over the gym floor. All right, that was me uh, that did it here at P.E., but this day we were going to Castronauts there on the Beltline in Decatur. And uh, we walk in the store, and I'll never forget this. So I'm getting ready to go into sixth grade. And my mom, we're looking for shoes. And I notice on clearance there is a pair of Air Jordans on clearance. And I go over and I pick them up, and they're two sizes too small for me. So I curled my toes up, and I put them on. And I convinced my mom that they fit. So she buys me these Air Jordans, and I go to school the first day, and I'm, I'm walking up and down the hall, and my feet are killing me. They're hurting so bad that when I go to class, I have to take my shoes off. But I wanted to belong so bad. Have you ever done anything so dumb and stupid just to fit in, just to belong, just to be in the cool crew, the cool club? Can I give you some good news today? I'm going to start off a little bit of bad news, and then I promise you we're going to get to some good news. Number one there in your notes is this, is that you were born rejected, that we all were born sinners, sinners in the world through one man, and we are through the loins of Adam and through our humanity, I am born rejected. And I can search the world over trying to fit and trying to be accepted. I can search the world over trying to satisfy uh, the popular demands of society and everything that this world has to offer. And until I realize that because I am rejected and because I'm searching, even in humanity, you say, Brad, what do you even mean by rejected? When it comes to belonging to our Heavenly Father, that there's a rejection in that place. Why, why would God be forced to reject us at birth. And the reason is, is because God sets a standard called perfection. And I want you to hang with me. Don't stand up and tear your clothes and scream heresy. All right, I want you to just hang with this message because I promise you this turns into good news. But his standard for relationship is perfection. Matter of fact, here's what Leviticus tells us this morning. All right, so Leviticus chapter 22, verse number 21 says, when anyone brings from the herd of the flock a fellowship offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow or free will offering. It must be without defect or blemish to be acceptable. That I was born again, I mean, I was born rejected. Isaiah 59, verse number two says, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not hear. Romans chapter three, verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I realize that God's standard is perfection, but I am born rejected. I have sinned, I've messed up. I've made bad decisions, I've made bad choices that I cannot come to God with my brokenness and earn or deserve or do anything to be in relationship with him. 
And he even says, I can't fellowship with sin. So that's why Adam and Eve was kicked out of the garden. And so there lies this problem in the Old Testament that a Band-Aid was put across. And they would offer the Old Testament lamb sacrifices to to put a Band-Aid across this relationship because something had to take the punishment for that sin so that God could have this Band-Aid relationship with his creation because God is perfect and God cannot lie and he can't have fellowship uh, with sin. And so we understand and realize when John the Baptist looks up and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It means so much more whenever Jesus was the Lamb sacrificed for you and I because we were born rejected. Humanity was rejected by God, but we were created to have a relationship with God. This is going to click for some of this to me. I know this sounds so simple, but I just feel like God's been burning inside of me during this time of the COVID that, that there's a shaking and we've got to come to this place of simplicity that no demon in hell, no person in this world can convince you otherwise. When you make a decision to belong to God and to belong to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that it is a decision that you will not waver from, that you put your eyes and point it to and you stand in a strength with your relationship with him. And so you must be perfect. Don't you look at a few more verses here. He says for us to be perfect. Now put this in your notes. I am not perfect. Here's Brad Sheets. I'm not perfect in my performance. I'm not perfect in my practice. I am not perfect in my progress. Well, Brad, how can you say you belong to him? It's because I am perfect in my position. I am not perfect in my daily decisions and choices. Can I just uh, walk in transparency? I think thoughts sometimes that I'd be embarrassed if you knew what I was thinking. I have attitudes sometimes that if, if they played that attitude I had on the movie screen of life, man, I'd be embarrassed and probably couldn't show my face no more. It's because I am not perfect in my performance. But can I tell you where I am perfect? I am perfect in my position as a son of the King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name's Jesus. So you cannot convince Carter or Cooper Sheets or Kennedy Sheets that I'm not their father. Are they perfect? No. Do we have attitude problems every now and then? Yes. Do they disobey me in moments and times? Absolutely. But they are perfect in their position as my son or my daughter. Just as you and I, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you're not perfect in your performance, my friend, nor will you ever be. But you can be perfect in your position. And when God looks at you and he smiles, he says, that is my son, that is my daughter, because the price that Jesus paid. I want you to see this this morning. Hebrews chapter 5. I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I'm doing that on purpose because I want you to realize today this is not my opinion. This is the word of God. Here's what he said, Hebrews 5, 9. And once made perfect. Everybody say perfect. Come on, y'all got to be with me this morning. Once made perfect, he became the source. Who is he? It is Jesus. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. I love this verse. Why? Because he's saying, Brad, that you are made perfect, but at the same time, he uses this 
this action of being made holy. And so I, I have a pursuit of holiness in my life, a pursuit of performance and pleasing God, not to earn or deserve my relationship with him, but from my relationship with him because I am already made perfect as a son of God. I've been forgiven of my sins, but I am being made holy. Are you with me today? That's why I can go, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Y'all don't know that song, do you? Never mind, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 23 says this. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in a joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn. That's you and I whose names are written in the heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, the, the spirits of the righteous made Perfect Matthew chapter 5, verse 48 says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's not perfect in your performance, it's perfect in your position because I'm a child of His. And that is some stinking good news this morning. Number two, then you notice that I am born again, accepted. Band, don't you go ahead and come up with me. I'm born again, accepted. See, I hear people making an excuse in society, and I, you can listen to me live stream, record it, tweet it, Instagram, and I don't care, make a T-shirt. You may be born again, a, I mean, you may be born a sinner with a slant and a disposition towards immorality, towards uh, alcoholism, towards a drug addict. You can have many dispositions uh, and strongholds and say, I was, and, and people want to use an excuse, I was born that way, Brad. I want to, it's clear as I can tell you, and we could go through scripture for hours talking about you may have been born that way because we were all born rejected and with a disposition towards sin. But that's not how you were born again. You could have been born that way, but you were not born again that way. Do you hear me today? Because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, my friend. The old pass away and everything becomes new. When you are born again, I am born again a son or daughter. I may have been born a pauper. I may have been born a slave. I may have been born a, a subservient to the sinful nature of humanity. But when I am born again, I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ in my life. And the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Are you? ready today is to realize I have been born again accepted and God I have been accepted I don't have to prove myself to any man any person any group of people any society I don't have to get the accolades and get somebody to like me or like my Facebook post or be my friend on and uh, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks because all I've got to be accepted by is by him and when I'm accepted by him listen to me so some of you have walked in security and you've looked for love in all the wrong places until you learn that you have been accepted by him and you're a son or daughter of the king. Why in the world would you settle for anything less? If you're a queen, why would you settle to marry anything less than a prince? If, are you with me? If you are a king, why would you settle for anything less than a queen? If you're a son and daughter of the God of the universe, my friend, and I've been accepted by him. I've been born again, and so I want to show you really, really fast today. The reason I've been accepted, I put Ephesians 1, 6, great verse in there. Praise the glory who has freely given us for the one that he loves. Mark 9, 41, I tell you, anyone who gives a cup of water in my name because you belong. He's saying that we belong to the Messiah. 
But the reason we have been accepted is because he was rejected. How can God accept me? As clear as the pictures I can give you. How did we split Old Testament to New Testament and God can accept you and I? Born sinners. So inadequate, so imperfect. Arrogant and prideful all the time. How can God accept me? He accepts me because Jesus was rejected. How do we know he was rejected? Just look real quick, Mark 8, 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and teachers of the law. Psalm 118, verse 22 is a prophetic verse about the Messiah. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The cornerstone of what? The cornerstone of our faith, the New Testament covenant. Jesus Christ. Acts 4.11, Jesus, the stone that the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Mark 15.34, and three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud, loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, sabbati bani. What does that mean? Is that Jesus is hanging on the cross. He was rejected so that you and I could be accepted. And he looks up and he says, why, my God, have thou forsaken me? Why have you rejected me? And the answer is, is because the one that was perfect, that came and led and lived a perfect life, hung on the cross. And for the first time in his existence, he faced rejection. And why did he face rejection? He wasn't worried about the rejection of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He wasn't worried about the rejection. It was, why, God, have you forsaken me? It's because the Bible says that he placed upon him the sin of us all. He was the perfect lamb of God, the sacrifice that hung on the cross. It's not just something cute to talk about at Easter time. It's not just something cute to put on a piece of jewelry to hang around your neck, but it's the understanding that he took all the rejection for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And as he hung on the cross and he took that punishment for mine and your sins and he took his last breath, here's what happened. And he was rejected. He said, it is finished into your hands. I commit my spirit that it is finished could be studied out and it's actually an accounting term that means paid in full with a stamp how crazy it would be for your eye to go to lunch this afternoon and somebody walk by your table and grab your ticket and say hey I want to pay your bill for you to go wait excuse me I know they paid the bill but but can you give me another one because I need to pay for it too. And whenever we attempt to belong to him by being good enough, by doing it in our own works, you're attempting to pay the same bill twice. And my friend, you can't do it. But I realize that, God, I can belong to you. You've paid the bill for the punishment of all of my sins, everything that I've done in my life. You've paid the bill. And I receive that in my life, and it is finished. And if I had time today, we'd talk about the fact that he rose from the grave and he represents you and I walking victoriously and empowered through this thing called life. Belonging to him as a son or a daughter, saying, I'm yours and you are mine called to belong if you want to be made whole the first place you got to do is realize man you'll never be accepted by everybody in this world as long as you've been accepted by him he's all I need
realize that I'm his and he's mine. And so there real fast in your notes, 60 more seconds. How do we belong at Life Church? Number one, we give the unconditional love of Christ to all people. So we belong to each other. We belong to one another. It's why we got to be. We need to be in a relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why there's a need for us to gather together. Don't forsake the assembling of the saints. We should encourage each other. Christians sometimes have the, a really bad habit of kicking people while they're down instead of realizing that when you hurt, I should hurt. When you got a problem, I should have a problem. That we should be unified, joint together, doing life together, my friend. Doesn't mean we have to agree. Don't mean we have to like the same things. Don't mean you got to vote for the same person in government office. Don't mean you have to cheer for the same football team. It just means that we're making a choice and decision to be united together underneath the banner of our Father, which art in heaven, because we're both sons and daughters of the King. And we will choose to make a decision that every single person that God brings across our path is this body of believers, red, yellow, black, and white, rich, poor, skinny, fat, smart, dumb, smells like they just drank a case of beer or they just smoked three doobies in a joint, all right? It doesn't matter. Whoever walks in this door, we're going to put our arms around and we're going to tell them that they are loved by the love of God and the love of Christ. We don't punch a Christian country club card and if you got the right last name or make enough money or have a, a, enough social status, then we accept you. As this body of believers, we accept everyone that was created in the image of God and that is red, yellow, black. Are you with me today? That's how we belong here at Life Church. Is we're going to say our arms are wide open to love you and love each other. So how do we belong at Life Church? We, we accept all of God's people. And we're very eclectic. We are very different here. Number two area that we do. Number I, I told you all 60 seconds. I lied. Forgive me. I told you I'm not perfect. We intentionally embrace each other in life groups. During COVID, it's really tough to do this house groups and life groups things, but I am just convinced instead of making an excuse and we'll get them back rolling and rock and rolling, instead of making an excuse, we can become intentional to say, I'm gonna connect with my brother and sister in Christ. I'm gonna invite them over the house. We're gonna go eat dinner together. We're gonna hang out, I'm gonna check on them. But to be intentional to do life with each other is how we belong. And the number three there in your notes is that we fix blind spots in our church. Are we perfect? No. We fix blind spots in our church and we fix blind spots in each other. That I will never be felt guilty of being the one who's going to shoot at you. I'm not going to fight against you. I'm going to fight with you and I'm going to fight for you. Are you with me? As if we fix blind spots in each other. If somebody's breath stinks, we're going to tell them. Right? I love you enough to tell you the truth. Somebody say, listen, you're not treating your wife the way you need to treat your wife. Might be an uncomfortable conversation. You're not loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Or, hey, you're messing up right there. I need somebody to hold me accountable. Are you with me today? Is that we're going to love each other and help fix the blind spots in our life. With every head bowed, with every eye closed this morning. Maybe you're watching via our live stream. Don't tune out with me right now. Hang tight because I believe right now there's a moment that we need to simply ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to me? Maybe you're underneath the sound of my voice, either watching online or watching in this or listening in this room this morning. The truth is that you have been hiding from God, that you uh, maybe have been like Adam and Eve, and you you are aware that the fact of, man, I just don't know if I belong. I'm not 100% sure, and I've hid from God. Maybe you've avoided God moments in your life, but you're right here, right now in a God moment, and if you would simply surrender and say, God, I'm not going to hide anymore, but today is my day to belong to you. I'm going to start 
this journey off by saying, I'm yours and you are mine and I'm going to belong. No more hiding, no more standing behind the walls, no more trying to find a hiding place and avoid God the inevitable, which is to know that you are my God and you want to be my Savior and you want to be my Lord. From front to back, side to side, I want you today, if you say, Brad, that's me, today is my day to belong to him. If you're watching via live stream, our moderator right there in the room, would you simply make a statement that says, I'm praying, and I promise you one of our campus pastors is going to reach out to you, and we don't want you to do life alone, my friend, but I know you're making this decision, this choice, and you're taking it serious. For those in this room, will you say this after me today? Will you say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I repent of my sins, and I receive what you've done for me. I thank you, Jesus that I can belong to you. And as of right now, that I am yours and you are mine. I thank you, Jesus, that I can belong to a body of believers so that I can grow in you. In the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye still closed. If today you've made that choice and decision, say no more hiding, but I'm ready to belong to him. God, I'm ready to give you my life and all of my heart and to follow you and to serve you right there where you're at. With boldness and courage, I'm asking you to do me a favor. I want you to lift your hand as high as you can get it and say, Brad, that's me. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Will you pop your hand up? Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Four. Come on. I see you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I see you this morning. Amen. Amen and amen church family, every head up, every person looking at me. All right, I think we had eight hands I just counted go up. Is that not awesome? Y'all stand up on your feet with me this morning. We serve an awesome God this morning. He is alive and well, church family. Amen. And so I've got a challenge for you in this place. We make a choice to say, I'm not hiding anymore. I'm not hiding from my God. I'm not hiding from building relationships with others. Amen. That we want to belong to him. And I know that God is a God of all, and he is worthy of our praise. Listen, so I'm going to ask us to give one last hand clap and shout of praise. And then, uh, listen, we're going we're gonna to be empowered. I wish I could tell you to, to walk around and hug each other today, but maybe you can air a high five and let's do some of that. Amen. So if you know you belong to him this morning, can we give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning? Amen and amen. Father, we thank you that we belong to you and you are ours and we are yours. Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great rest of your Sunday morning. Walk out of here slow. Enjoy each other uh, in a good relationship. And God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Be sure to tune in next week.